Howdy peeps! Welcome to episode 16 of the Ingressive Voices podcast with your host, Wayne Ashley. Ingressive Voices is a division of the brand new company, Nylok LLC. And as you can probably guess, the United States of America is facing a lot of challenges right now. Some very serious challenges that are becoming more serious by the day. You've already heard of the virus COVID-19. You probably already know that as of now, we are under a global epidemic, a global pandemic for this virus. COVID-19, also known as the novel coronavirus to some, one of many coronaviruses, but the, but the newest one. And you may know that as of today, which is March 14th, the CDC has estimated that there are over 2,000 confirmed cases in the United States of America, and we've lost 51 Americans to this tragic disease thus far. As of today, March the 14th, 2020, that's where the numbers of the novel coronavirus stand in the United States of America. But sadly, looking at the trends, we are at the very beginning stages of the effects of this virus. To most of us, it has so far presented an inconvenience and been quite annoying as we continue to miss out on planned events and you know, it interrupts our schedule as things happen. I know in the Houston area where I live, we've only had, you know, 20 or so confirmed cases for the entire metropolitan area of Houston. And we've not had any deaths uh, from this disease as of yet. But unfortunately, more severe things are coming. Per estimates of where we are, Within a matter of weeks, the United States will be dealing with not 2,000 cases of coronavirus, but hundreds of thousands of cases as this virus begins to spread exponentially. That means, sadly, that we will be dealing with possibly thousands of Americans that lose their lives because of coronavirus. I hate to say it, but maybe not even possibly if the virus spreads at the rate that we expect. All told, we expect for millions of Americans to be affected by this virus. From 70 to 150 million by some estimates that would be expected to catch COVID-19 and suffer from it, illness, but that means if 10%, 5%, even 2% of that many people perish from COVID-19, that's millions of Americans that could be lost. It's very scary to think about. But we do have to have the information. We have to stay informed. We have to be ready and we have to be prepared for things as they come. We also 
have to take a little bit of time and realize that we got here for a reason. The President of the United States, the Republican Party that he is the leader of, the Trump administration, the government, and those that work underneath the President. Well, this crisis has not been managed well at all. Unlike administrations in the past, faced with the possibilities of global pandemics, the Trump administration has bungled the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Just We just have to say it that way. We are, even as it stands now, in this country, unable to test all the people that desperately need to get tested right now so that we could have any hope of locating and chasing down this virus and, and really stopping the spread of things. That is why we're canceling events. That's why we're closing large-scale events, closing schools, closing you know, workplaces, uh, canceling classes in a lot of cases, canceling major performances. It's because we're unprepared, and it's because we don't know where the virus is and how it's spreading. So our only choice in that, in that regard is to start closing down, is to start shutting down our entire way of life in the, in the hopes and prayers that we can slow down the, the progression of the virus. So that's our only possible hope. But the reason that we got there is because we're dealing with an administration that chose to ignore the reality that this virus is happening. They chose to ignore it as long as possible. Now, that said, in recent, well, hours, I was going to say days, but in recent hours, the Trump administration has become serious about the virus. Thankfully, they're no longer calling it a democratic hoax. But even now, we're so far behind on the ball. What happened? you may ask. Well, the Trump administration refused to acknowledge the existence of COVID-19. Months ago, when we were given the opportunity to start pursuing testing, the Trump administration resisted. They even turned down tests from the World Health Organization that were being shipped over to the United States saying, no, 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 we don't need them. We can come up with our own tests because we're Americans, America first, or whatever their reasoning was. So we turned down the opportunity to do early testing, which really could have helped control this virus and possibly even you know, keep it from spreading at all in the United States or really mitigate the ability of the spread. But that's really what it's about, is that we're so far behind in terms of testing. Well, that was one big bungle. And then, of course, we know that the Trump administration got rid of our pandemic team. Under the Obama administration, the National Security Council had a pandemic permanent advisor. And the Trump administration got rid of them in 2018. Now, President Trump, surprise, surprise, 
is not willing to admit this. He, he in fact, lied about it to a PBS reporter earlier today. But we have to uncover the facts in this situation. So the first clip, we're going to play that exchange between the PBS reporter Yamish Alcindor and President Trump from the news conference in the Rose Garden earlier today. My first question is, you said that you don't take responsibility, but you did disband the White House pandemic office and the officials that were working in that office left this administration abruptly. So what responsibility do you take to that? And the officials that worked in that office said that you that the White House lost valuable time because that office wasn't disbanded. What do you make of that? Well, I just think it's a nasty question because what we've done is, uh, and Tony has said numerous times that uh, we've saved thousands of lives because of the quick closing. Uh, and when you say me, I didn't do it. Uh, we have a group of people. I could I could ask perhaps in my administration, but I could perhaps ask uh, Tony about that because I, I don't know anything about it. I mean, you say you say we did that. I don't know anything you, about it. You don't know We're about, spending, the, about no, the reorganization it's, that it's happened the, at the National Security Council. It's the administration. Council. Perhaps they do that. You know, people let be. people go. You used to be with a different newspaper than you are now. You know, things like that happen. But this is, a, okay. this is an organization. Please go ahead. We're doing a great job. No surprise there. We have President Trump refusing to take any blame for the fact that these offices were cut at the time when we critically most need them as a United States of America. Not a surprise at all. But just two weeks prior, this is what President Trump said when another reporter uh, confronted him about the cuts. This was from February 28th where he readily admits that these offices were cut. staff we know all the people we know all the good people it was a question i asked the doctors before uh, some of the people we cut they haven't been used for many many years and if we, they if we ever need them we can get them very quickly and rather than spending the money and i'm a business person i don't like having thousands of people around when you don't need them and there you have it president trump admitting on february 28th that yes, of course he made the cuts. Of course he cut the CDC. Of course he cut the NIH. Of course he cut the National Security Council pandemic, global pandemic office. You know, no big deal because he's a businessman, right? So why would you have people employed by the government if they're not doing anything? Well, as the United States of America is finding out, finding out every day as these cases come in, their office, their job was very important. Their government job was critically important to our health. And without them, we are losing people. American lives are being lost because we did not anticipate what was going on with this global pandemic. But I will let Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio say it this way, because he gave the speech on the Senate floor that puts, this, puts the blame exactly where it needs to be with President Trump and with Republicans and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. For two years, President Trump left us without the team that's supposed to manage pandemics. Now, you know what that means? It means that there were, there were about 40 people in the White House led by an admiral who was an, M, an MD, an admiral who was also a doctor. 
His job was to survey the world and look around for potential illness outbreaks, to look around for potential pandemics. It might have been SARS. It might have been Ebola. It might have been a resurgence of polio. It might have been any number of things. His job at the White House, we're a rich enough country, we can do this, and we do it to protect we care about the world. We protect our own people, though, as we see. If we don't, we see what happened. His job was to continue to look around the world and look out for these kind of pandemics. The president fired him. The president re fired the whole office. The president's never replaced him. I sent him a letter at a time uh, more than 600 days ago, back in May of 2018, telling him to stop dismantling our health care infrastructure. Now we're all paying the price for President Trump's decision. We see the real-time consequences. This was unilateral disarmament. We disarmed. We unilaterally disarmed against the world's infectious diseases. We we know that international tuberculosis is a problem. We know that we know that that international HIV/AIDS is a problem. We know that international malaria is a problem. We work against those. And you know what? When I think about one of the things I'm proudest about in our country is what we've done about public health. We led the charge to eradicate smallpox. Smallpox killed hundreds of millions of people over time in this world, hundreds of millions. We led the charge to eradicate smallpox. This country did. Then we led the charge to eradicate polio all over the world. We have a president and we have a Senate majority leader that simply aren't, they, they, they dismantled, they did all they could to dismantle the Centers for Disease Control and NIH. They left us prepared when the president fired the global security team at the White House that looked out for illnesses. And uh, now what? We have a global pandemic on our hands. President Trump needs to stop pretending he can lock out a disease by putting up walls at the border that he's already allowed to spread and start making up. He needs to start making up for all the lost time he's wasted. And so does Senator McConnell. Senator Sherrod Brown, I mean, no one could have said it better than he just did. Because as the days and weeks go by, and we see more and more cases and more and more of our friends and loved ones affected by this tragedy, we have to understand what happened and why it happened. It's just not going to be possible in the weeks ahead to really emphasize how critical it is to get ahead of a situation like a global pandemic. It is the difference between life and death. And we just have to, you know, personally, I'm, I am praying that, you know, the situation is not as bad as people fear. And I'm praying that we are wrong. But at this point, it doesn't look good. You know, but we have to understand where these failings occurred especially if we want to have any hope of getting ahead of it and stemming the tide of this virus. So we cannot accept this from our federal government. Our federal government has a purpose. It has a role. Those government jobs are real jobs. And they, are, they become very real in the shadow of a global pandemic. The fact that our government is moving so swiftly to do things like paid sick leave. Paid sick leave is the single most important government action that the United States of America can take right now. Why? Because it will be the difference between people that feel like they are forced to go to work, going to work while sick and infecting others, 
and those people saying, okay, I have the safety and security to be able to stay home because I feel sick. That saves lives. It's probably the biggest action that we could possibly take. And we're so thankful to have people like Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats that demand that action while Republicans sit around and languish. We are thankful. Well, I do have to say, have to be thankful because it was passed on a bipartisan basis and President Trump has very willingly said that he would sign the bill. So we have to be thankful for that. It, this this is just as of this week, just as of the last couple of days, we are finally, like I said earlier, taking the crisis seriously. So we do have to be thankful for that action because it is the most important thing we can do now. But we've already missed a lot of opportunities to be able to save lives and and control this epidemic as it, it hits our shores in the United States. It's here, folks. You know, travel bans and all of that make no difference. The coronavirus is here. It's in the United States. It's affecting our cities. It's affecting our people. Over 50 people have already died. 2,000 people have become infected. And it spreads so easily that we know that so many more people will become infected. So it's already here. There's there's Travel bans is, is like playing in a playpen. It's not going to do anything to protect us from this virus because this virus is now an American virus. But at this point, what is most important for all of us is to be prepared, stay positive, and do your very best to stay healthy, or if you get sick, stay home. Be sure to consult the World Health Organization. You can type WHO, World Health Organization, in Google, or the CDC, which their website is cdc.gov. Again, that's cdc.gov. Inform yourself. If you're a news watcher like me, you've probably heard heard a lot of these things thousands of times, but if you're not a news watcher, take the time to inform yourself about what to do to best prevent your ability to get the virus. You've seen them even on traffic monitors at this point. Wash your hands. Be sure to wash your hands frequently. Take 20 seconds and use plenty of soap to wash your hands. As much sanitary information as you can get, you know, sanitary wipes, um, I know that a lot of stores are running out of them, but hopefully we'll start restocking soon. You know, be responsible and take care of yourself. The other thing that's most important, social distancing. Do not stand close to someone just because. If you're in the line at the grocery store, spread out. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to just go right up to somebody because you just don't know. And yeah, it seems rude for a moment, but ultimately it's saving lives if we can if we can just practice this spacing for a while. And that includes those of us that do music. I think we should be even more cognizant of it if you're a singer, if you're a horn player or something. Practice social distancing. Is it convenient to the sound of the choir? Maybe not. But 
we have to do it right now. We have to do it to be able to potentially save lives, save people from getting sick. You know, I don't think, you know, many people, we're, we're endangering ourselves by doing some of these activities. So we have, to, we have to be careful and we have to stay alert, stay aware and stay alert. So with that said, that's enough for this Ingressive Voices podcast, but it's just important for us to all be thinking ahead. And I will just say, please stay positive, but also please be praying for us as a nation, praying for us as a world. Keep doing your part to help each other. All best and look forward to speaking with you again on the next episode of Aggressive Voices. And that's it, peeps. Thanks so much for taking in this episode of Aggressive Voices. Until next time, I'm Wayne Ashley. Ooh, one quick bonus, uh, just a quick bonus clip here. Uh, this is a supercut, actually, that was compiled, uh, edited by the Rachel Maddow show. And I just found it, just discovered it, and just could not resist tacking it on to the end of the podcast. So, so definitely credit to the Rachel Maddow team, whom, you know, in my opinion, Rachel Maddow is just absolutely essential viewing right now. I know everybody has stereotypes about the left or whatever, but she is just giving the facts night after night after night on her show. But anyway, this is just a a one-minute clip showing some of the contrasts, if you want to call them that, um, but the mixed messages that have been sent by the Trump administration and just how confusing it is to try and follow the words of the president in most cases and, and the vice president versus the actual facts of this case. It's important for people to hear, so I'm going to include it at the end of this podcast. Um, you just need to listen to this because there's so much misinformation being spread out there, and a lot of it is being spread by our president. In the end, I would first consult your local officials and stick to the websites if you're trying to parse out the best information. We're going to be pretty soon at only five people, and we could be at just one or two people over the next short period of time. Congress's top doctor has told Senate staffers that he expects 70 to 150 million Americans to contract the coronavirus. I mean, view this the same as the flu. The mortality of this is multiple times what seasonal flu is. Anybody that needs a test gets a test. We don't have enough tests today. We're very close to a vaccine. When you're talking about the availability of a vaccine, you're talking about a year to a year and a half. A lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat. We do not know whether it's going to diminish as the weather gets warm. The risk of contracting the coronavirus to the American public remains low. We do expect more cases. We can expect to see more cases in the United States. We will see more cases and things will get worse than they are right now. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear.